Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? We are inching ever so closer to the NFL season. Uh, when you hear this, most likely it is exactly 21 days until the NFL season begins. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's cracking? What's up? What's up? We are cruising. Uh, there's for us, you know, after we record all these episodes for us, there's going to be two weeks, two weeks until uh, two full off season weeks until we start talking about week one trade targets. And Thursday, night, and Thursday night football previews and starts and sits. That's crazy. That is crazy. We're we're almost back into football season, bro. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm Me ready. too. I'm spending hours on Madden. <laughs> it's all right. I'm doing something worse. What? What's that? You're spending hours on Madden, and I'm spending too much money. On best ball, yes, yeah, that's that's not a Dude, good like idea. almost like once every day. I'm doing like a best ball draft just for fun, and I'm like, I gotta stop. Yeah, this I is getting out of hand. I, done, I think I've done like two. I think I've probably done like thirty. <laughs> just take as many shots as you want. Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, so we got some good content to get to you this week. Um, we have top five breakouts at the quarterback slash tight end position, or not top five, but just the top breakouts that we think at quarterback and tight end. We usually cram those together because there's not a lot individually. Next year, hopefully, there's a lot more. Um, we have top riskiest running backs. So we're doing our top riskiest running backs and wide receivers um, in two consecutive shows. I almost literally started talking about risky players for this episode. So I need to remember that we're talking about breakouts and not risky players, but anyway, and then on uh, Friday, we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever what day you're listening is mock draft. Yes, sir. So, so that'll be interesting where we uh, mock draft together. Um, but anyway, so today we are going to talk about breakouts at the quarterback and tight end position. It should be interesting before we jump into that. Check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all of the good platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other podcasting platforms, please leave a review. Share this pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have. Um, so uh, going through this is actually pretty interesting because um, we don't really have any quarterbacks. Usually from year to year, there's there's some you know younger quarterbacks going into their second year that you can peg as a breakout. Um, and the same thing for tight end, second, third year. Uh, this year, I just feel like there there was a drought last year, which there was at the quarterback position. So there's there's two rookie quarterbacks from last year, not two rookies anymore, but second year quarterback. Uh, can you pick at Desmond Ritter, who not on this list because I think they suck. Actually, <laughs> I like Kenny Pickett. I actually I like I've been I've been I'm not gonna lie, snagging him in some fifteenth rounds. Yeah, um, he's a, a stash. Maybe in case could be a stash. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a little rushing floor, you know. But I don't know. Uh, he reminds me of Ryan Tannehill. Remember when Tannehill was good at quarterback? Yeah, he that's a football? great comp. He's yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen for the for the Steelers, but if he ends up being really good this year, that could be good. Um, so there's just not a lot of quarterbacks 
available to say for breakout. Um, tight ends is kind of the same thing. So, you know, we have some obvious guys and then we have some, some not so obvious guys, but let's get into breakout quarterbacks and tight ends. Let's start with the quarterback position. Number one is T law, Trevor Lawrence. Um, and you're probably like, well, he already broke out. Whatever, dude. He was a QB seven last year. Is that really breaking out? QB and both these QB quarterbacks eight. are, uh, debatable about actually breaking out or not, but there's really no like standout, like clear breakout candidates at quarterback. So these two guys are definitely, I would say Trevor Lawrence really does fit the mold though. Um, because he was QB eight last year. So like he was good for fantasy football, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't winning you weeks really. Right. Um, there were some 30 point games in there, but just going through his, his week to week totals, uh, from week one to week 17, he had 14, 18, 25, 6, 12, 24, 18, 8, 16, 21, 24, 16, 33, 27, 18, 5, and 10. Um, so there's probably, what, five or six games where he had over 20 points in that stretch of, of games. He averaged 17.9 fantasy points per game. I think for Trevor Lawrence, like he did this with Christian Kirk as his number one wide receiver and Zay Jones as his number two. Mm-hmm. And... They go out and they get Calvin Ridley. They put him on this team. They retain Evan Ingram, who I think was good for last year, and they still have Christian Kirk. Um, so I think all of those things kind of combined with a slightly improved offensive line and a good running game that you're probably going to get out of you know the tandem of Trevor Lawrence, I mean um, Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby, is going to end up you know accelerating. Trevor Lawrence into a higher position because I think if you had a comp of a quarterback for fantasy football that you had to make of Trevor Lawrence, it would probably be Joe Burrow for fantasy football purposes. And yeah, I think he runs more than Burrow though. I agree. But for him to ascend for me into the top five conversation at the quarterback position this year, he's going to have to throw a lot of touchdowns and he's going to have to put up a lot of yards. And I think with the, with the decisions that the Jaguars made this year, a second year in this, in this offense that they put together last year, I think it all comes to a head here this year. Um, and makes Trevor Lawrence a breakout right now. He is going off the board. I think is the eighth, ninth quarterback, seventh, eighth or ninth quarterback off the board. So you can probably snag Trevor Lawrence. Um, is he going in the sixth? It really depends on the format, but yeah, around yeah, there. Yeah, so like after Justin Herbert goes, <clears throat> in between Herbert and like, he's like kind of in the tier of his own after Herbert and with yep. like Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson. So yep. like you can definitely get Trevor Lawrence. And I think, you know, what you see is what you get. I don't think last year was a breakout because I think there were a lot of games where he lost you a game. There's a lot of weeks where... He just got 14, 15 points, which was not enough to win you a week, but it didn't really kill you. Um, and he wasn't, to me, he wasn't really good enough to start on a week-to-week basis. I'm assuming there are probably people who did start him on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. But I think I had to. What did you say you had to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell. Um, but no, for what you get from from Trevor Lawrence here, he's probably going to have a good stretch of games where he's more like a Joe Burrow, where he gets. 20 points a week and then provides you with that, you know, 30 plus point game, you know, four, three, four, five times on the year. So 
that's what you want from Trevor Lawrence as a breakout. You want him to get past the Kirk Cousins and the Geno Smiths of the world and jump up into that top five right. and, and produce more consistently. So that's kind of what I see from him, and that's why I think he's a breakout. Yeah, I would say he he had like a it's kind it was kind of a breakout last year because he just proved that he was an actually good NFL quarterback after his rookie season. Yeah. And he definitely had great moments. And you could have started him week to week. I did, and I was mostly fine at quarterback. There was a week two or a couple though that he just didn't perform to the level that I wanted him to. He was more like you start him on a good matchup and then on a bad matchup, you could stream him, mm. which is kind of that Kirk Cousins sort of vibe. And we both think that he will take the, another step from that. So that's kind of what makes him a breakout is because he's going to take another step forward um, past that tier of what he was in last year. And he like <clears throat> of all the, I've talked about like the top eight quarterbacks this year. Yeah. He's the clear eighth guy in draft. Sometimes he's even ninth. So to me, the value is there as well mm -hmm. for a guy who I think could win MVP. Like that's his ceiling to me. He's, Ooh. he's in a Ooh. team that Whoa. has a pretty easy schedule. Second year in that offense with Doug Peterson, mm -hmm. you get Calvin Ridley, which is similar to the Diggs getting, um, or Josh Allen getting Diggs. Um, but hopefully, I mean, we'll get to him, but DJ Moore and Fields, like you're hoping it's sort of like that next bump in the guy's career. Yeah. Thanks to having a star receiver. So he's got a lot of things going for him, and he was already pretty good last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I easily think he can get to at least close to Burrow's level passing, just about there, and then maybe add a little more rushing, and all of a sudden he's at the same level as a guy like Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... For fantasy, of course. Right, right, for fantasy, because I don't think they play the same at all. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, yeah, T-Law, definitely a breakout. Uh, number two on our list here is Justin Jefferson. Who? Justin Fields. I was just, I was literally, I popped on Twitter for two seconds and I saw a video of Justin <laughs> Jefferson. And was in my brain. It's like, man, he's a real he's breakout a quarterback. quarterback. He's not even played it. No, Justin Fields. Now, this one is a little bit closer and harder. Last year, we had him as a breakout, and we I would consider that as a win, as a uh, like a correct choice for us, right? Um, but I still think he uh he has more breaking out to do uh for fantasy 100%. football because last year, you know, the the start of the season, fourteen, nine, six, ten. 17, 19 fantasy points, right? That stretch from weeks one to week seven, uh, week six, he was okay. You know, he had some, he had some okay games in there. 17, 19. It was, it was good from that point on 24, 26, 42, 40, 23. Uh, he was off week 12. Um, I think he got injured or missed that game, but, uh, 21, a bye week 23, nine, and then 17 and did not play week 18. So, from in that stretch of time, from week seven to week 18, uh, Justin Fields was a top five quarterback. And if we just take week 18 out because he didn't play it, Justin Fields is a number two quarterback in fantasy football in that stretch. Um, he has a chance at, like Rick's talking about Trevor Lawrence MVP. I'm talking about Justin Fields, number one quarterback in fantasy type stuff. Woo! Um, 
If he passes the ball effectively this year, and I don't take any stock in a preseason game, but it was kind of fun watching weapons do what they do and Justin Fields not having to do anything really but dump it off. Um, but like it was literally the same play too, which is hilarious. It was just they changed the person that was running it. It was DJ Moore, and then it was Khalil Herbert, and it was the same screenplay. Um, but anyway, if, if Fields takes you know a step forward right in the passing game because we know what he is as a rusher we know what he can do as a rusher like you just throw on justin fields highlights from last year and you'll see what this guy is capable of as a rushing quarterback uh you know last year he had a thousand rushing yards on 160 attempts an average of 7.1 yards attempt that was i think that's higher than lamar jackson's was his first year um that could be wrong but um, like just some of the stuff that I saw from him, like everyone was like, Oh, Lamar Jackson is definitely the number one rushing quarterback in the league. And then I was like, yeah, but he might be faster and more elusive, but some of the things that Justin Fields does and, and some of the right. ways that he can get out of a sack, I was just like, how does this guy do this? He would 12 guys would just be barreling down towards him or six guys. And then two of them would have their hands on him. He'd spin out of it, get out and then run 60 yards for a touchdown. And it was like, what just happened? Like, this just drive was dead for the Bears, and all of a sudden they scored a touchdown. So, anyway, uh, passing-wise, though, he was not great. 60% completion percentage, not good. 2,200 yards, not really good. He did have 17 passing touchdowns, which is okay, but he also had 11 interceptions. So, I mean, you want to see some of this move up into a positive direction. He only had 318 pass attempts. So, all of that, I think, is going to increase this year. Like, he's going to have more passing yards. He's going to have more passing touchdowns. If he's around 24 to 25 passing touchdowns and, like, 36, 3,700 passing yards, he was already QB6 last year. Right. That Those numbers, just based on rough math, would push Justin Fields from QB6 all the way up into the top three. And so How many touchdowns did you say for passing? 24, 25. Yeah. So it would it would push him all the way up into the top three, and you know obviously he missed some time last year. You know he did not play in two games, so uh, you know his numbers would have been even I think even better. I don't think he would have reached Joe Burrow, but um, you know you're just talking about in a full season, Justin Fields probably could have gotten to the top three last year if he played that, and he had the early season where they didn't really know what they were doing and. They couldn't get the offense going and all of that stuff. So Justin Fields, definitely a breakout to me. And I think it's because I think he can ascend into a, a larger, you know, you talk about these rushing quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts from the year that we say he broke out when he was QB six, seven or eight to last year where he jumped into the top three and was winning people leagues. And he even missed two weeks. I think he probably would have been QB two and he was on pace to be the QB one in fantasy football last year until, you know, really week 16, 17, and 18. Um, Fields is going to jump into that conversation to me. So that's why I have him as a breakout. Like he hasn't fully broken out yet. You know, QB6 is great, but we want to see him do it. Sleeper says QB7. Sleeper does? Yeah. Oh, that might be different. What league you're looking at? Oh, well, that could be it. Five, yeah, five six-point touchdown <laughs> leagues are different. Yeah, but sure. Anyway, yeah, so my long monologue about my favorite player in the NFL is over. <laughs> yeah i mean it's 
all, all the points you said, I think are valid. Um, I want to kind of dive into that more with Hertz, that comparison, because that's where I was going to go with it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. year Hertz year two, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 3,100 yards and had great rushing numbers. They're kind of comparable seasons fields through less yards and less passing attempts, but he did have one more touchdown, two more interceptions and obviously insane rushing numbers. Mm. So their numbers passing the ball though, weren't that far off from each other, but the jump hurts took from year two to year three was huge. He had way more touchdowns. He had less interceptions. He had more yards and his rushing was still the same. He actually had more rushing touchdowns, but yards was pretty much still the same. So it feels it does something like that. You know, you brought up like 24 to 25 touchdowns. Hertz only hit 22 last year, and he was the QB3. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like, what, QB2 in points per game or QB1 in points per game? So if Fields can get to that kind of level, that 22 to 25 touchdown passes, and just throw a lot. He needs more yards, though. That That's a big one, only 2,200 yards. Mm-hmm. More passing attempts. And then his rushing stays the same. And, I, you know, Hertz is like – I think Hertz has a better team than Fields. DJ Moore is definitely a huge acquisition. And we talk about these young quarterbacks getting those star receivers like Trevor Lawrence, like Josh Allen did in the past, like Jalen Hurts did last year. Mm-hmm. And Fields fits that mold. I think Devontae Smith, though, and A.J. Brown is a much better duo than DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney. But it's still a lot better than what he had last year, and it's still a big upgrade. Um, so you add all that in, I, I could easily see fields having a, the type of jump that Jalen hurts did. Um, and that would be considered a true breakout because he would be a top three fantasy quarterback if that happens. And he did kind of break out last year, but there's a lot of people that aren't sold on him. A lot of people. I mean, you go on Twitter and you'll see like these main, um, accounts, mainstream, you know, yeah. mainstream accounts post like quarterback rankings, all the comments are saying Justin Fields sucks. He's not a good player. Why is he this high? Why is he higher than this guy? Why is he higher than that guy? He's not even that good. So there's a lot of people who are out on Fields, but I think this year he has a real chance to prove those people wrong, and they're going to be talking about him like they talked about Jalen Hurts, or at least close to that um, next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are all fair points. Jalen Hurts, too, by the way. Weeks – he was a QB one from week one to uh, fifteen, before he yeah. missed the last three games and had that nine point game in week eighteen before they sat him. So like, to me, you're you're just looking at what he was able to do and and like the numbers for you know Justin Fields. Like he had a lot of like sub twenty point games last year. Um, Hertz, 24, 34, 27, 17, 27, 16, 28, 20, 22, 24, 29, 34, 30, 36. So, like, that's what I'm anticipating from Justin Fields. <laughs> but we'll yeah. see. Right. Um, I, it's so funny. You you talked about uh, Justin Fields getting DJ Moore. I didn't even, didn't even think about it because I just assumed Justin Fields. Right. And not to mention the fact that it's his second year in the system. It's yeah. now his third year in the league. Yeah. Should have a breakout anyway, regardless of our third quarterback, Mac Jones. Be... Just kidding, just just kidding. Yeah, well, all right, let's talk about some tight ends really quickly. Um, this was even grosser. Uh, there's really to me personally, there's only one guy that I really, really like for fantasy football at the tight end position this year that I think could have a real breakout. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, 
we haven't really seen this other guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna change it, and uh, you let me know. I'm gonna change it in the show notes, and you let me know if this is a good idea or not. But oh. um, because he hasn't really had a breakout yet. Okay. Does that count? Well, I don't know if that does count. <laughs> Dang it! I mean, if hold on, let me look. You look. I'll talk about Friar. I mean, it. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> so, um, anyway, no, I like uh, I like Pat Fryermuth a lot. I think he is. He's become one of my favorite tight ends. He had a couple of of interesting seasons um, in fantasy football, and uh, there's there's some positive things to look at for um, for Pat Fryermuth. I'm trying to pull up his numbers here. Just give me one second. Um, so yeah, this is his third year in the league, correct? Yes. The, he's the same draft as a uh, cup. He was the second tight end off. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, uh, in 2021, he had 79 targets, 60 catches with Ben Roethlisberger. Was it Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, yeah. I think it yep. was, uh, and seven touchdowns last year. He had an efficient efficiency bump and a target increase. So he had 98 targets last year, 63 catches, 732 yards, two touchdowns. So he went from seven touchdowns to two touchdowns. I I would imagine that if the offense is slightly more efficient this year, right, that the touchdowns will increase because, you know, he averaged basically the same amount of fantasy points per game, you know, and had a yards per reception increase of about four four point three yards or three point three yards per cat uh per reception. So. And he had a way more air yards, like 849 air yards in 2022, 348 in 2021. So they were throwing it to him through the air a little bit more. And I think all of these things, if the offense for the Steelers improves and Kenny Pickett ends up being like at least a mid middling quarterback in the NFL, I think Fryermuth could see a bump and that he could have a really, really good season. Um, Last year, he ended up finishing as the, in PPR leagues, he finished as the tight end seven uh, with 148 fantasy points. And that was with two total touchdowns on the year. So for me, you know, when you get past like tight end six, everyone's kind of the same. Like all the way down to tight end 12. These are the, these are the tight ends. After Pat Fryer moved to tight end seven with 148 fantasy points. You had Cole Komet with 147. You had Taysom Hill with 145. You had Dalton Schultz with 142. You had David Njoku with 142. Dallas Goddard with 141. You had Gerald Everett at 13 with 139. So it was like... They're all the same. They're all essentially within... They are literally within 10 points of each other going all the way to tight end 13. They're all the same. So to me, Kyle... I mean... um. I was going to say Kyle Pitts. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is not a, you know, has not broken out yet. Um, and despite the fact that he was tight end seven and was one of the best tight ends in fantasy football last year, he's kind of in that similar spot where you saw TJ Hawkinson in previous years. Fryermuth now, to me, can make that leap. Hawkinson in PPR this year was the tight end two in fantasy football. I think he can jump up into that top five. And if you start scoring touchdowns and gets slightly more targets, you're going to see some positive things for Pat Fryermuth um, in fantasy football. The other thing is too is there's a lot going on for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensively. Um, they have George Pickens, who people love, um, but you know, I just I have my concerns. Like I like George Pickens, and I think there's some positive things. Like he makes these ridiculous catches. 
Yeah. And He's clearly talented. But I was listening to uh I was listening to the Reception Perce- Perception podcast with um Matt Harmon and he was talking specifically about George Pickens and he said for, for wide receivers in fantasy football you either have you know you have one both of these two things. You either have in, the insane ability to separate off the line of scrimmage, which most top end wide receivers do. And if you don't have that ability, you have some other ridiculous trait that helps you overcome the fact that you can't separate. Every right. time I watch George Pickens play, he cannot separate off the line of scrimmage. Makes ridiculous catches, but cannot separate. So is him making ridiculous catches enough for him to ascend into this stratosphere of being one of the top 10, 12 wide receivers in the NFL, which some people yeah. think he can break out into? Or is he just a wide receiver that can't separate that makes ridiculous catches, i.e., as a New England Patriots fan, Devontae Parker? I, well, so it's kind of a gross comparison. Not to talk not about to talk George about, Pickens and the tight end set. Right. But. Not not talking about George Pickens for too long. But I was literally going to say, he's his comp to me is kind of like Devontae Parker. He's the traditional X receiver that's not like an insane route runner or insane at creating separation. Yeah. But you throw it up to him one on one, he's going to come down with it most of the time. Yeah. Um, and Frymuth, like he's he's very solid. I I'm still drafting him a lot. I think he's in that range between like Njoku and Evan Ingram and Frymuth. And of those three guys, I like Frymuth the most. Mm-hmm. And I definitely could see a breakout. Um. Kenny Pickett last year just wasn't good passing the ball, and neither was Mitch Trubisky. So you expect even just a slight increase, as you said, uh, for Kenny Pickett this year. Would it um, therefore increase Frymuth's stats? Like yeah. if he just does what he did last year and gets more than two touchdowns, he's gonna have a really good. That's basically oh yeah the the simple way of putting it. But it's true mm-hmm. because the target share will be there most likely. The catches will be there. And then if Pickett, who threw seven touchdowns last year, throws like 20 this year, then Frymuth is probably going to get like at least probably like five or six oh, yeah. of those it, and uh, makes right. him a top, at least like probably like top seven tight end. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the 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 thing for me too is, is you know, we talk about on this show for the last couple of years when we're picking breakout tight ends, a lot of it obviously comes down to eye test talent, all of that stuff. But we also use uh kind of this formula or formula where we try to figure out where on the target tree he is on the football yeah. team you know is he the fourth or fifth guy where you think he might break out but he really can't because he's the fourth or fifth target on the team you know some guys got to go yeah. ahead of him and get fed so to me like the Steelers have two targets and that's George Pickens Deontay and it's Deontay Johnson and Deontay Johnson has bricks for hands and gets hurt a lot. And George Pickens hey, he didn't have any drops separate. last year. He did not have any drops last year. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But uh, anyway, working. sorry, Deontay. I, I did you dirty. He's a fine player. So uh-huh. the, here, this, this is where we get to the, my problem with Fryermuth and why I'm, I'm a little concerned of his ceiling is because of he is the third guy, I think, in that offense. And is Kenny Pickett going to be good enough to support Frymuth as the third guy, I don't know. Yeah, I I think somebody like somebody in that Steelers offense that people are excited about is going to take a hit. Whether it's Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Frymuth, Bernaji, I don't think all those guys eat unless Kenny Pickett has a really good year. 
I think somebody's going to disappoint somebody. I think and... more than likely to me, it's going to be George Pickens. I agree. So I do agree. But I do think the, the big thing for me is Fryermuth has a floor, and we know what that floor is. Yeah. And it's, it's probably seven or eight. And if he starts catching touchdowns and gets the same workload that he got last year, which I think is going to increase, but even mm-hmm. if just assume he gets the same workload and he catches three more passing touchdowns, all of a sudden he's, you know, number four. Right. In fantasy football at the tight end position. So, yeah. Um, he could jump up. I think he's a breakout. I think he's really good. That's the one guy like I've been targeting a little bit later in drafts. So if you're, you know, hot tip, uh, go get Pat Fryermuth in drafts. Uh, second guy is a little bit more of a deeper play. Um, a guy that I think could break out and jump into where Fryermuth is right now. So between seven and 10, um, that people start looking at as a more legitimate, you know, breakout. Um, and it's, uh, Chig Okwankwu. Um, I'm not like uber duber excited about him. And last year, last year he had uh, 97 fantasy points finished as a tight end 25. So not great. Um, but, but he was a rookie. But he was a rookie. And there was a stretch at the end of the season where he kind of started playing a little bit more effectively. 13, week 13 at 10 points. Week, uh, week 12, he had 10 points. Week 13, he had 13 points. Week 14, he had 10. Then he had 2, 5, and then he had 13. So um, I'm actually curious. Week 13 through 18, uh, he was the tight end 7 in fantasy football. So hmm. to me, there's some interesting stuff about Chigaquanku. And he is also he also happens to be really fast for a tight end. Um, I want to I want to see if they have the forty time here. Uh, he ran a four five two. So uh, I'm trying to four, think five, of a two, comparable that's... slow butt running back that did that last year. Ramondre Stevenson runs a four five five. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so Chig's fast for a tight end. Usually those guys are not that quick. Um, he's two forty three six two. Does all those good things. Um, but you want to see an increase in target share. I think he is definitely at this point um, the number one tight end on their depth chart. Um, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, because there's, they, there's literally... they had Hooper last year, and which is something that I think to keep note. And Hooper had like fifty targets, and he's not there anymore. So yeah, their second tight end right now is Josh Weil, and their third had tight end sixty is targets Justin last Riggs. year. So. The big thing for me with Chig here is that he's the tight end one. First yep. off, how many vacated targets do they have at the tight end position with Hope Hooper? Well, Hooper had sixty, so that's that, and they are um, in the top ten in the league in vacated targets. Uh, they are ninth in the NFL in vacated targets. Now, most of that's going to go to Dion. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, but, but so, it's one hundred and ninety nine vacated targets. Yes. That's a lot. That's a lot. So the big thing for me, just quickly uh, on Chig, is that like this football team, they they signed DeAndre Hopkins, so obviously he's there and he's going to have to get his target share. But he's also old and he really hasn't gotten hurt yet. And and those two things at the wide receiver position usually don't go hand in hand at at an old age. Um, Also, the Titans have had this long history of taking old wide receivers and just burying them right into the ground. Randy Moss... Um, Julio Jones, now DeAndre Hopkins, maybe. I don't know. Um, but anyway, 
Um, and then you have Traylon Burks, who uh, happened to get hurt today in practice. He popped his hamstring, which is horrible, 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 horrible for wide receivers. So I mean, by the time this show comes out, do we know? Do we know that's what happened? Yeah, they said it was. It was. I mean, I I think it was a hamstring, but just if it changes, because this says left knee. Oh, that's even worse. So I I mean, we don't. Or by the time we're recording this, or we're recording this the day it happened. So we really don't know. But yeah. if he's actually injured, Chegg Yeah, he becomes, becomes like, the number two target on the football team. Yeah. And yeah. So this is this is a deeper play. And he is getting drafted. But there is a possibility that he can jump from tight end twenty five, obviously, to a higher realm uh into the top ten or into the top seven in fantasy football and surprise a lot of people. So it's a deeper breakout. But I think there's a lot of positive things for Chig. Yeah, agreed. And it's, if, especially if Burks is out, which I hope he's not. Um, but if he is and misses significant time, mm-hmm. Chig, I think, has a real, really good shot to have a big breakout season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, the stars align. Yeah, if the stars align. That same stretch of games, by the way, I wanted to give uh, some numbers. Uh, he was only on pace for 71 targets. He had 58 catches, 595 yards, and seven touchdowns over that stretch. So it was a lot of touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. If he gets into the 100 targets conversation and catches about 75% of his passes, he could, you know, he could get well, anywhere. Well, then that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're talking about 75 catches, you know, probably somewhere in the ballpark of like 800 yards and maybe four touchdowns, five touchdowns on the season, which is a pretty good a pretty good year in fantasy football for a tight end. So, yeah. Um, I like Chig for those reasons. Final guy that we're going to talk about is Dallas Goddard. We know what Goddard is. Um, he's had good years in the past, but just looking back, I don't think he has been the last time he was. No, he's, he's a tight end 10 once in his career. Yeah. So like I, we all just, I, for me, I kind of just assumed that Dallas Goddard was good already. <laughs> has already had a breakout year basically. yeah and like to me he really hasn't had that breakout year he's had some really good stretches of games like this year he averaged 11.8 fantasy points per game which would have made him the tight end five if he stayed healthy but he missed five yep. weeks he's on well that's it th- he's just been injured his whole career except his rookie season which is doesn't make me very positive Right, but it's not like he's missing like like last year he missed five games, but the year before that he missed two. Yeah, then he missed five games again. So I mean that's, but then the year before that he missed one. So it's like he hasn't had any like crazy injuries. It's more like he'll get injured and miss like a couple weeks, and then he's not a top five tight end because of that. Yeah, I think my main like if I had to pick one main concern for him, it's not necessarily injury. It's the fact that this football team throws it 536 times. They have Devonta, uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. Yeah. They have to throw the ball to now that didn't stop them last year, you know, from targeting. Yeah. Targeting. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Freaking Dallas Goddard. Uh, but he was on pace for 97 targets. You know, 97, 98 targets last year. So, uh, you know, if he cracks, you know, 100, we're at the same conversation that we had before, but a lot more efficient than Chig because it's one of the better offenses in football. So you'll, you'll definitely see the the finally breakout for Dallas Goddard. Like, right? Like, he's never really yeah. been a top five tight end, but he's had 
sections of seasons where he's been a top five tight end. What we're looking for is consistency over the whole season and doing it for the entire time, which I think he can do. Mm-hmm. So No, I agree. I mean, and that's the thing. If he just stays healthy and he's getting drafted, as I think, it depends on the format, but there's most formats he's like, um, kind of like the quarterback. So I say there's like the, the big eight, right? It's kind of similar with the tight ends. It's Kelsey, it's Andrews, it's Hawkinson, it's um, it's Kittle, it's Pitts, and it's Waller, right? Those are your first six off the board usually. And Goddard, to me, should probably be in that tier of guys. He, not the very top, but like he should be in that grouping. And he's the last tight end off the board. He's the tight end seven. So th- that's also decent value. He's not like a sexy name or anything like that. Or he, he's kind of somebody you're like, ugh. Like, I guess I'll take Dallas Goddard. I, I could use a tight end. But he's pretty solid. He's been solid in the past. Last year, he was top five in points per game. And I don't really see the offense changing at all. I mean, it is a little concerning that he's the third target on a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot. But they're also one of the best teams in the league. And they're very, very efficient. So, and I don't think that's probably going to change this year. I don't really think much changes for the Eagles offense. They didn't make any big changes outside of running back, but AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard mm-hmm. is probably your top three with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So I'm still fine with Goddard. He just has a ceiling. Like he, I don't think he's going to be a top three tight end probably with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith there, but I feel like he's a lock to finally have his quote unquote breakout season and be like a top six or seven tight end, maybe even top five. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, all right. You got anything else to say on these boys? No. I I hate quarterbacks and tight ends. That's, oh my god, I, I, I do too. It's important, but like there's usually not a lot of breakouts, so you know, take it take it for what it is. I feel uh, like this year especially. Oh my gosh, I know. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Earth. Fields at the quarterback position, Fryer Muth, Okwankwu, and Goddard at the tight end position. Get those guys on your team, they're gonna break out. We'll see you later, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.